0: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus
1: likes girls Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Jesus, Jesus Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls
0: good morning hi hello hey everybody welcome to jesus likes girls the best podcast ever that's right the best (laughs) podcast you'll ever listen to why listen to any others i mean there's some other good ones you know but i'm Zena the warrior i'm shay Shay casey and we're back back from the beach beach shay
1: was at the beach just got back. I fed her dogs while she was gone. Actually, one dog, two cats. It was traumatic, <laughs> but we got through it.
0: My animals are assholes. <laughs> my animals are serious assholes. When we got home last night, uh, my daughter was trying to pet one of the cats, and I don't know if it like turned manic while we were gone or something from lack of petting and attention, but it scratched her really bad on her hand. Which one? Beanie, Oh. the male. Yeah, I don't know what, what was up with him. I have an
1: asshole cat, too.
0: Yeah, you do. You have two of them.
1: No. I mean... Sherlock is great. No. He's, I mean, he's anxious. He takes anti-anxiety meds. <laughs> but Kit Kat is a demon cat from hell. <laughs> Look what he... He literally tried to kill me today. Uh, Look at where that cut is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on your wrist.
1: Right it, on your main it, artery. <laughs> it looks like... I look like I'm self-harming, but really, my cat tried to kill me this you morning. You are self-harming by owning him. <laughs> he just hates other people. And this is what someone else was in the house, and so I grabbed him because he was like hissing at them right away, and then he like attacked me. I'm like...
0: Yeah, he was... Beanie was hissing at us, too, which was really unusual for him. He took, completely forgot who you were. <laughs> we were gone for three days. And I he know. was like, enemies present. Who the hell are you? I mean, he was feral by nature, by birth. Mm,
1: he reverted
0: a little bit, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got home last night, and I'm just so rested and happy. Dude, you look rested, and I I'm do. Just, I'm so glad you got away. Me so too. glad. My kids had so much fun. Good, like it. so much fun. And they're... did you guys order pizza into the hotel? Oh yeah. Nice so much too <laughs> like we had a whole extra pizza left and we put it in the car we were like we're gonna have this for lunch tomorrow we're gonna put it in the car and let it bake in the sun and it'll get warm then we'll have it for lunch and we were all like you guys want that pizza no nobody wanted to go to the car to get it it was the third day we were all like sun and tired
1: oh, speaking of food yeah i was thinking about this the other day. I'm randomly just thinking, if I was on death row and <laughs> it was my last meal, and you know you can ha- request anything right. you want. I'm
0: so curious what you're gonna say.
1: Well, I'm curious what you would say, too.
0: I've thought about this before.
1: Okay. So,
0: I thought about it. I was like,
1: I'm never gonna eat again. I'm about to die. There's no consequence to what I eat. So, I'm getting National Coney Island. <laughs> 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 I am getting... Three chili dogs, no mustard, and a double order of chili fries and salt. And I'm just eating all of that crap and loving every second of it. Oh,
0: my God. I cannot believe that would be your last meal. And a Coke. Coney dogs? A Diet Coke. You were like a Michigander through and through. It's so true. When I realized <laughs> that. Last meal, Coney dogs, chili cheese fries. Done. <laughs> like, what? Not, not chili cheese. Just chili. No cheese? No cheese. And no mustard on your dogs? I don't even understand. I hate mustard. I, even... right, I that's hate right. mustard. I, I forget about the mustard. I always remember that you hate ketchup. I hate all condiments. <laughs> 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 okay, what would your last meal be? Honestly, it's going to be so boring next to yours. Why? Well, when I really, really want to have like an indulgent moment... Yeah. My favorite thing to do is have lots of tastes of everything else. I hate filling up on the one thing. Okay. So like after I've worked like a whole weekend and just got my teeth kicked in and I just need some food and I just want to be so indulgent. I'll order like four different things from DoorDash. Okay. It's 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 a problem. It's it, it hasn't gotten to that level yet, but it, I mean, anybody on the outside might say yes okay. to that question. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll get a honey from Coney Island, National Coney Island, which is like chicken tenders on a pita with American cheese and mayo, okay. lettuce okay. and tomato. I'll get chili cheese fries. We have one of the same. I'll get a tuna it, melt. You know, A tuna melt? Yeah. (laughs) Tuna melt or patty melt. And a giant Diet Coke. Okay. And then I'll have some ice cream. But this is in justification so that everybody I'm not judging you. I know you're not, but our listeners might be like, she has a problem. (laughs) A real problem. I also want ice cream, so sometimes I'll even add a chocolate shake out to there.
1: Okay, so your last meal would be all of those items. I think so because okay. they're
0: like my favorite foods, and they're just so good. Nice. But nice. I was—I always always think like my favorite meal is like pasta with seafood in it. I just love that meal. It's so okay. good to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Like salmon fettuccine Alfredo or something. Though,
1: like I'm never gonna eat again. This is the last thing I'm ever gonna eat. Yeah, death row would really suck. Yeah, it would. <laughs>
0: That meals not gonna really redeem the fact that you're about to die
1: no
0: it's just one last pleasure but I mean did you ever see last man standing no <clears throat> is that what it's called are you talking the about death- dead man walking dead man walking? <laughs> That's what's Standing is the show with the guy from Home Improvement. I was like, it's like a total I'm taking a different way. Yeah, Dead Man Walking. He yeah. he ordered a steak and potatoes and stuff, and I always just thought, really, that's your favorite meal? And it didn't do much for him. No, but I
1: think chili dogs would. I think chili dogs would help I in the transition know. process to I, my demise. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, think brings you joy. Does does. I didn't know you were into chili dogs that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Today, today we're talking
0: about forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me anymore. We decided that was Don Henley, right? The great, the late Don Henley. Is he dead?
1: Uh, Unknown. Same. (laughs)
0: I think he is still alive. Uh, I feel like he is.
1: Forgiveness. That song. I feel like it has. No, I'm thinking of a different song. Never mind.
0: You feel like it has, what, some deep meaning for your I was life? thinking of
1: Tears in Heaven. <laughs> 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 and that's the one where,
0: didn't his son fall out of a window and he wrote Tears in Heaven? And his son fell out of a window and died. Right. His, like, six-year-old son or something.
1: Was that Don Henley, too?
0: No, that was Eric Clapton. Yikes. Yeah, I always remember hearing that song and feeling like I needed to mourn with him yeah. in the song. It's
1: like he can't do fun like shit I wanted while to cry. Tears in
0: Heaven is playing. You can't! No. They're <laughs> not playing that in the club or anything.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. Forgiveness. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Shay?
0: Uh, take it or leave it. Not for you? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm I'm always actively working on forgiveness. Because I have a lot of assholes around me who have really done some shitty really stuff fucked me over <laughs> it's really true like basically I'm a, kind of like a magnet for assholes I've determined well at this point it's in tough life.
1: for you because they're your favorite people
0: assholes yeah yeah but they really are dicks <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> assholes love assholes are my favorite because I love their brutal honesty I love their transparency and their their inability to care about other people around them but then it, they also hurt me and I'm like You're such a dick.
1: And they're like, yeah, I never said I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a real double bind there.
0: I know. But thankfully, most of the assholes that I love are able to hear me speak truth to them about the pain they've caused me. Okay. So they'll usually own it. All right. But I have to then work on... Forgiving them. Yeah. (laughs) Then Then it's my issue. And I'm like, you got me twice. You know, you got me with the initial pain that you caused. And then you got put me in this position where I got to work on myself again.
1: Yeah, it's weird about forgiveness. Now we're talking about this because it's a... It's a pretty Christian it's a hot issue. It's a pretty Christian idea, this idea of forgiveness.
0: Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> it's a pretty big Christian idea. It's basically the whole tenet of Christianity.
1: Correct.
0: That we are forgiven of our sins and that we must forgive others in order to continue to be forgiven. Right. We're <laughs> supposed to forgive
1: as we've been
0: forgiven. Yes. Yep. yep. I I feel like I have, to, I actually have to work on it so much, like daily, because I have, my default mode is to hold resentment and like... Do you enjoy resentment? A lot you know, of people do. I, I think I used to, definitely. People like are, that's, you
1: know, that kind of bitterness that just like sits in your soul and you're like, fuck them. And you can think about them getting tortured or tripping or losing their job <laughs> or whatever happens to them I when you're I know way like,
0: darker than that. Oh, I'm okay. like... Punched that person in the face with my baseball bat. I said tripping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stumble on the sidewalk when I walk into their door. No, Zena. I'm talking about, like, death and mutilation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they bounce
0: a check. <laughs> 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 ha <haha>, ha, motherfucker. They <laughs> bounce a check. Oh, my God. <sighs> Um, I don't spend much time (laughs) thinking about terrible things happening to people who fuck me over. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I have thought a lot. Like, I mean, a lot. You're like, it's a pastime. (laughs) There have been definite moments in my life where it was literally a pastime. It's all I thought about because I was... processing my I was so overwhelmed with my pain caused by certain people yeah and I didn't know what to do with it hmm. it was just it was to, it was like a wave that come like a tidal wave that took me under took my life under and all I could think about was revenge all okay. I could think about was how they should suffer Hmm. And how I could get them back for the pain that they caused me. I might need to grow in this area. and I'm well, not even, I could teach you. I'm, I'm not <laughs> even really joking. Because I feel like there is some part of that that's healthy. It was... I agree. It Because it helped... Part of the reason why I feel like it's healthy for me is because it's... I mean, it's a glaring picture of how much pain I'm in. It's. It's a large movie for me to see what's happening for me to be in touch with my feelings and see what's happening yeah to in the whole process it's kind of like i'm watching a movie because none of it's happening i'm not i haven't once actively okay one time i did one small (laughs) tiny little thing i mean it's so minuscule it's basically uh bouncing a check you know one time i indulged (laughs) um over the past two years of dealing with these assholes so you got your, me there i
1: love your response so like it was nothing i mean it was Do not nothing hold me accountable for that but
0: we were talking about death mutilation okay me throwing a piece of trash on the ground which is essentially what i did is uh you got me i'm guilty <laughs> But, I mean, yes, it was an indication of, like, how I'm losing control of okay. having restraint to indulge in revenge fantasies. And, you know, I talked a lot to my therapist at the time about these fantasies. And she she was, A, first, very caution, cautionary, like, you need to recognize what this is. Okay. Um, and this is your pain, speaking. Your pain, craving attention. And, and that's
1: what I mean. I think there's a goodness in it because my my response to being hurt is complete repression. It's like of oh, the pain. yeah, wow. Like I don't ever think about people who've hurt me, really. I don't. And so it's like, what's that about?
0: Well, I've heard too, I've heard um, somewhere in my crazy brain of exposure to all these different platforms, yeah, you know, whether it was TikTok or Facebook or a book I read that there's like two different responses to trauma. I mean there's many, many responses to trauma, but I remember the specific quote and and they said specifically, one is repression and disassociation and the other one is like over over indulgence in trying to connect with other people, over take over caretaking other people, no boundaries, like trying to fill that that pain that hurt, trying to fill that need to have
1: I've heard this said another way that I really love. What? That when you experience trauma, an alarm bell sounds for you, right? Mm-hmm. The person who's experiencing it. And so you either constantly hear the alarm bell, Mm. and always think you're in danger or you hear the alarm bell so much it just becomes one of many things and you dismiss the alarm bell and you you don't know when you're in danger because you don't pay it any mind Mm. so you either pay way too much attention to your trauma or you don't pay enough attention to it
0: yeah essentially the same thing yes yeah it's the same thing but two different terms and how does it play out? And, you know, we're going into trauma now, which I I think instances of forgiveness aren't always traumatic events. But both of us have suffered trauma, so that's what we associate forgiveness with because we've had deep trauma it's in It's like, our when lives.
1: do you actually need to forgive someone? What do you mean? Well, I'm saying, like, what's the level of harm a person needs to do to you that warrants forgiveness?
0: I think all the levels of hurt harm. or oppression or... Not oppression, but um, like wrongdoing or hurtful behavior is a need for forgiveness. Hmm. Because I, on the reg, encounter things with people that piss me off or they do things that are kind of hurtful to me or I can't think of the right adjectives to describe people's behaviors, but I will sit in it and wallow in it because I don't understand it. Hmm. And and I also will say my um, revenge fantasy and cynicism is deeply rooted in my father who is the, he is the <laughs> ultimate Dick hater. eyes. Dick eyes. <laughs> I mean, dick eyes <laughs> comes from a place of real cynicism, you know? (laughs) You don't come up with that term because you're, like, morning glory. You know? Dick Eyes. Dick Eyes has an origin story. His best friend was the first Dick Eyes. His best friend. (laughs) Like, you're my best friend. What if my My pet pet name was (laughs) Dick Eyes? Pussy Face? Like, yeah, Pussy Face. Like, What? This is my term of endearment for you? You're like, okay. <laughs> Who the hell was his best friend? <laughs> Uncle Rod. <laughs> Uncle Rod was his best friend. Um oh, God. But my father is I mean, he's so cynical and so critical of everything that you can't tell what he likes or dislikes because he's always criticizing things. Mm. And so I grew up with this, um, like, innate this innate um, posture of looking at everything with like a cynical view and i've had to work really hard to climb out of that well that okay. tunnel okay. um so that's my default and i always have to fight against it and if i don't like speak truth to my own self about other people then i then i just get pulled into their behavior and then we're both in the sh- we're both sitting in the mud we're both like suffering in unforgiveness and like hatred or resentment or bitterness and i don't want to be there yeah and you know, when I was thinking about this podcast, what I think about forgiveness first is that I don't have it in me. I don't have the capacity to love people the way that they deserve to be loved.
1: Yeah, I that's what I think too. I want
0: to fuck people up. Well, that's what I, I want to do. I
1: honestly think forgiveness is not a human attribute. I think that eye for an eye of the Old Testament mm-hmm. is.
0: By the way, that's Trump's favorite scripture. Did you know that?
1: Didn't know that.
0: <laughs> Just wanted to talk. her.
1: But, um, like, I think that, I know, you know what, the first, I believe, what is the fucking name? I never remember the name of this. The first human written tablet has eye for an eye inscribed like on Like the it. Egyptian? Not Egyptian. The cuneiform? It's, is that what I'm thinking know I think it starts with an H. It's like a, it's one of the first found human writings. An eye for an eye is on it. Hmm. It's like it is human to want revenge and it is and justice and justice and it's just so in us mm-hmm. when that ha- when we are wronged so i think that forgiveness is purely a supernatural concept i 100% agree i'm so glad we agree about this we do because i don't i don't think people i know i don't i'm not actually even interested in forgiveness <laughs> except that jesus Says to forgive people. That's the only reason I'm interested in forgiveness. That's it. Well, you want it for yourself. No.
0: You don't want it for yourself. No. You don't care.
1: I don't care. You're like, I'm fine. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> You're giving, you're giving, you're not giving some Ricky vibes. You're giving some real Mandy vibes right now. <laughs> Mandy is such an instrument to me. I thought about her a lot when I was thinking about this um, podcast because okay. she's one of the first people that ever really spoke the truth about things that were happening in the church that I myself was too afraid to believe that they could be true. Okay. Like... For example, going to a church that both of us had kind of gone to in our formative years, uh, Assemblies of God Church, a mega church that is so shitty, so terrible. Okay. And... (laughs) <laughs> we went We went as adults to visit like during Christmas time or something and she was like this is the worst experience I've, I'm have i never going back to church ever you know and she's just saying all this stuff and I was like yeah I feel the same way but nobody's ever said that mm. to me nobody's ever said what Mandy has said and that I could give so many examples but I feel like Mandy would say the same thing like I don't need forgiveness I'm fine well you're when and you're you- not saying you don't need it but No,
1: I do need forgiveness, but it's completely out of my control if someone else forgives me. Yeah. And I know for myself, whenever I've endeavored to forgive anyone, my reason is because I trust that if I do it, I get to know
0: Jesus better. That's it. So you're saying if somebody else, if you go to somebody and want forgiveness... Yeah. The only reason is because you want to get closer to Jesus. You don't really care about the relationship. I think you can't at that point. Hmm. I feel
1: like whatever happens in the process of us reconciling is also out of my control. Yeah, But the fact that I'm following Jesus is the only thing that I definitely know 100% will happen
0: that's really interesting that you're not concerned about the relationship because and i i don't mean this as a criticism at all but it's just like it's interesting to me because my impetus is usually the relationship Okay. And that's my concern is sure. can the, can there be a bridge? Can there be reconciliation here? And I'm thinking of mostly about like relationships that matter to me. Yeah. But I have... Do well, have... I,
1: I do care. I mean, that's not completely true because if I hurt my children, right. you know, and I want them, I say I'm sorry. I do want them to forgive me and I do want our re- relationship to be restored. And I'm not thinking I only get to know Jesus now. <laughs> I'm not thinking that. But if I'm in a difficult situation where forgiveness is very hard for you to give, for me to give, Mm -hmm. then that becomes all about just wanting to become more like Jesus. Because he has said that this is how you move forward. And I can't figure out how else to move forward. So I'm only doing it because I'm having faith. I'm moving forward and whatever happens between me and this person who's wronged me I have no clue but I will follow Jesus in this mm. that's that's when I that's how I've experienced very difficult situations of forgiveness
0: well I think that is very telling of experiences that you've had in your life and so it's also a matter of self-preservation for you you cannot make yourself completely vulnerable if somebody has harmed you in a deep way and you you know the importance of forgiveness. You're willing to put yourself out there and do that because you know that that's the Lord's blueprint for healthy living and for yourself to have communion with him. Yes. But that's as far as you're willing to go because you can't yeah. control the rest. And But you're not even, you're not allowing yourself to have any emotions involved in the outcome or the experience of it. Correct. It's very like, in a, in a sense, well, like Well, because forgiveness is
1: dangerous at it, certain points.
0: Yeah. It's vulnerability for it, sure.
1: It is dangerous to forgive people who've really hurt you. And if you're gonna go into those waters, then relationally isn't the point. Mm -hmm. At at some point, I mean, you, I've forgiven people that I have no desire to be in
0: relationships still with. Yeah.
1: You know. Same. But I know I have to forgive in order
0: to move past it. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you think that uh, forgiveness entails forgetting? You know, how people say forgive and forget. Because <gasps> I don't. I think that's bullshit. Okay. I think the reason that people say that is so that you won't like dwell on the past, but the past. Like, you can't change that it happened. And you can't make your mind not remember it. Yeah. And I think it would almost be a disservice to yourself to say, like, well, I've forgotten even all about it. (laughs) You know? I think it's a lie.
1: Yeah. And you deal with that with people when you try to talk about reconciliation. They're like, oh, I've forgotten all about it. And it's such bullshit.
0: Or if they say defensively, like, why do you always have to bring up the past?
1: Why can't this? Do you just forget about it? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what I've experienced more.
1: Yeah. So that's that's before any reconciliation has happened. Requesting that you forget about it. You I know, think
0: they do that. I think there's people that like people who like people who have been uh, who have committed infidelity in their marriage. Okay. Like my my understanding of forgiveness means that person is always needing to be humble and be willing to own that that situation, that pain that they cause can always be brought up. Sure. And I think that's true for any, any like egregious behavior.
1: Well, that requires that person to be a healthy individual. Right. And that's asking a lot because most people aren't.
0: Well, then you can't have a relationship with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it ends. Right. You know? Yeah. That's where it's like, you know, you committed a really hurtful grievance towards me. Yeah. And what forgiveness looks like is maybe me talking about this for a really long time until I don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah. And you have to own your shit. And yes, I forgive you, but that doesn't erase that it happened and that it still affects me. And so I will do the work of continuing to learn how to forgive you and you have to do the work of continuing to own your shit.
1: Yeah, forgiveness is a tricky beast.
0: It really is. It's and wrongdoing
1: is a tricky beast. Because when what I'm thinking about with forgetting is once you move past something and you've forgiven and you're really doing the work of, you know, following God into that process, I feel like there is some relief mentally for you. Mm -hmm. And the thing isn't as present in your thoughts, in your heart. You know, I think it does subside some. And so it's not necessarily forgetting. And then maybe like two years later, you have a day where it's just in your head, you know, Mm -hmm. like things, it doesn't, it's not just, uh, it's not linear. It'll, it'll, it'll come and go and do what it wants, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think there is some relief to be gained in forgiveness, and I think that might be where people think forgive and forget, because it does change things, but erase it from reality, no.
0: No. And no. I would say, thank God, because we only learn. I mean, we have a real true opportunity to grow as human beings, to learn from failures and hurt and pain. And if we just forget about it, and Jesus is like, here, I'm just going to magically take this away from your memory. Then it would not be we that It would be wh- hella weird. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really incomprehensible that, to us as That's just impossible. Human yeah.
1: It doesn't work that way. But it,
0: people aren't but like that. But it's good that it doesn't work that way because we need that experience to to continue to help us to grow. Yeah. And so does the other person. And so does the other person too. Correct. I think what's really unique about forgiveness is that when you give yourself over to the vulnerability of engaging in it in however mm-hmm. way you do. Yeah. That, man, I totally lost my train of thought. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my brain. <laughs> you know i just gotta uh, deal with, wait, see, with it wait let's see you're saying
1: you give yourself <laughs> the over thing
0: about the unique thing giving about over to the vulnerability,
1: vulnerability and you oh is way that
0: you you learn how you you learn how you were engaged in the whole interaction like yes my husband cheated on me say okay um and clearly he's in the wrong but two years from now as we're both work this This is just a hypothetical situation, listeners. Like, my ex-husband never cheated on me, except maybe with alcohol. But moving on. (laughs) Um, You learn your own responsibility in the process. If you're able to actually be humble and say, "How, how have I contributed to this scenario? Because like when Matt, my ex-husband first got sober from alcoholism, I went to Al-Anon and I said, I mean, I was so, so angry and resentful for all of the suffering that I'd gone through, that our kids had gone through. And this super wise woman said, I'm having a deja vu that I already told the story on a podcast. So you, forgive me you know, if I did. Unless but, it was another one you haven't. Um, she said, well, you know, he is in his own situation that has nothing to do with you. He's suffering from a disease disease. And he needs a lot of time to recuperate from what he's been in. He's a really, really sick man. And you are also a really, really sick woman. You've Mm -hmm. been living with the sick person. And you've been involved in all kinds of behaviors that the average woman in an average marriage has not gone through. So you also need to give yourself time. She said, if if you're feeling overwhelmed by all your resentment and your anger and you want to deal with stuff, because that's the kind of person I am, like, let's tackle this and face this head on. She's like, why don't you just make a list? And you can just add on to it whatever comes across your brain. You know, this motherfucker, that, this motherfucker, that. And you just keep on adding to that list. And give yourself a year. Because that's how much an alcoholic needs, their brain needs to recover to even just be able to engage in life again, relationally. In a year, get that list out. And I was like, oh, this is fucking Santa Claus list right here. This is my Christmas list. I was like, woo! I was going crazy on the show. I was like, do, do 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 writing down a million things. and it was long it was long but then at a year (laughs) this list barely had anything on it because what i learned was that a lot of the things that i was holding resentment towards him about they were my own issues
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: what a what a gift Mm -hmm. i had to be able to step back from my anger and resentment towards this person who really did terrible things to me um to learn that I had my own responsibility and I, you know, it was a real lesson in codependence mm. and resentment that most of my resentment is my own issue mm. and trying to control other people's behaviors. Like, you know, that's really my dad's issue too. He, I mean, he wants to control everybody's behaviors and he's angry that he can't and it never works. And yeah. we're always like, uh, what are you talking about dad? You know, he'll be like, nobody ever calls me. Well, you know, you, you have fingers and a phone, like you can make the phone calls yourself seems like an easy solution. <laughs> but instead, he just sits and, and stir, sits in his And you're such finger. a dreamboat to talk to. <laughs> I mean, I've said all these things to him, to his face. So if he becomes one of our listeners, Dad, <laughs> I'm not speaking out of turn here. <laughs> you know, this is what I I've said it. to you myself. <laughs> I love it. But all in that... All in all, that was to say, like, the process of forgiveness is so much more, like you said, it's nonlinear, it's irrational, and it has, it's so complicated because when we are projecting what we think other people need to be doing, Really, most of the time it's really about ourselves. Hmm. Most of the time. Because if I didn't care about myself, no. If I didn't if I cared so much about the other person's behavior, why do I care so much about that person's behavior? Because the way they're making me feel, why do I care about that? Why do I care about how they're making me feel? Obviously, I've got some kind of hang up about how I need to be treated, what my what my emotional responses and reactions are to another person's behavior. Like I don't have good boundaries to let that person in into be hurting me this perfect stranger who doesn't know me at all yeah he, he called me a bitch and so i'm sitting here stewing in it like that's my issue hmm. it's not his he's just a dick you have he's so much wisdom dick. about fucking forgiveness ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> i have so many assholes around me Who well, i've literally <laughs> been surrounded by assholes my whole life no, but I really did go through, well, very traumatic events in the last few years. Sure. And I think too, that we just process this so differently. Yeah,
1: like you are active in your um, working and the and learning and trying, you know, and I'm just like, I'm following Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also, You've done so much work from a, such a younger age. Like you experienced severe trauma and went through the process of having to forgive that person and enter into your own healing, which was really really a big work. So It was
1: you, and it started yeah, it started in my early 20s and now I'm 40.
0: Yeah, so you I mean you got you got a long I got some history history of working on this. And you're into a place of like ground, you're a grounded person in in the forgiveness world.
1: So let me tell you a story of when I um, forgave a person who was kind of like my main source of trauma for my child.
0: Bring it. For my childhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, first I had a dream. I had a dream about my kids. Recently? No, no. This back, back. Back when Ella was first born, so this is now like over ten years ago. Okay, I had a dream where I just had Ella. Once I had Ella, and I had three kids, it really changed the game. It,
0: it, <laughs> it really changes the game. The, the I illusion
1: have three kids too. of control it gone. It slips from your fingers, <laughs> and you watch it blow away, and you're so like, true. Ah. "And I had a dream." That my three kids were in the basement of my house and they had hooked up swings to all of the pipes and the woodwork that was exposed mm. in the basement. And they were swinging on it and trusting it and it started to break. Like the pipe started to break mm-hmm. and the board started to break and that was a dream. And it really affected me when I woke up because I felt like there's foundational things in me that my children that I think are okay, but they actually can't support mm. my family. Like this isn't, it's not, it's not stable. It's not gonna be able to withstand mm. what they need. And so I started writing about my childhood abuse. And in some process in the writing, I was like, I have to go to this place, which I hadn't been in in like 20 years. It was another city about six hours away where a lot of my trauma took place. And so I hadn't been there. I was like, I need to go and I need to forgive this person to their face. Hmm. I just felt like I had to. So I arranged this trip. Such a badass. (laughs) 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 Drove six hours. By yourself. Alone. (sighs) And no one knows I'm coming to this town. Like they all still live there. And I just show up. Okay. This was the strangest thing. You know, the idea of uh, the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. The Body Keeps a Score is a book by some motherfucker's name I can never remember. Me
0: too. Some German. It's like a foreign name. <laughs> yeah, that's it's why. German or African. Yeah, Norwegian. Like that. We're really not sure. I really could Google it. You know, <laughs> Body Keeps a Score. it's such an amazing book.
1: It's all about how trauma, the trauma that happens to you, uh, resides in your body, mm-hmm. and that's where we actually store our trauma. Bessel and van der Kolk. Bessel van der Kolk. Thank you, Shay. Norwegian. And so, um, whatever, you can you can hear that and know, like, okay, my trauma's stored in my body. Great, guess I'm going to the grocery store. Like, wh- what does it mean for me? You know, it's kind of an abstract concept. But I was driving into the town, and as soon as I saw the signage and the places and the buildings and turned onto the, the road leading to the house that I would visit, all of a sudden, all of my nerve endings, it was like I was waking up, like as if wow. my 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 legs specifically had been asleep and they were tingling, like when you move and your foot was asleep, mm-hmm. but my, my entire body. And I was like, I literally looked down in the car and looked at myself and I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? Wow. And it was like my body remembering mm-hmm as I came back to the place and I hadn't anticipated it and but it was a hundred percent real like suddenly I was awakening to the place I'd been in and I had just removed myself from it so I never had to feel it and so uh, I hung out in the town by myself for a little while and then I called the person I got to my hotel and I called the person I was like hey I'm in town and I wanna see you. And they were like, they made some excuses and they were sick, they had a cold or something, but they were like, all right, come over. So I go, I go to this person's house and they're down in the street, like they're waiting for me to arrive. And I uh, I see them and, it was weird because they had like really gotten ready for me to be there. Like they were obviously, it was really important to them that I'd shown up. You know, I don't know how long it's been since I'd even spoken to this person. Years. So um, we go up to their apartment and I don't know, we were like talking for two minutes and they were smoking and they're looking at me and they're like, so what the fuck are you doing here? Dude, immediately to the point point. and really what was happening was I'm about to establish old patterns where I'm in control of this situation for them you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. they they relate to me as the person they control and so they from jump were establishing that immediately and mm-hmm. I I uh, I reverted I I was so unsure of myself I suddenly didn't know why I was in the room I took on, like, a persona, and I was like, well, I'm just here. (laughs) My voice cracked, and I was like, I won it. And they were like, oh, my God. Oh, That's why you're here? To talk about this? I knew it. As soon as I heard your, your, what did they say? Your shaky voice on the phone, I knew this is why you
0: were coming here.
1: Talk about this shit. Oh, God.
0: terrible story i hate this for you
1: and in that moment like i just i just saw clearly it was like a matrix moment like no 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 this is not how this is gonna go i'm not here for this i'm here to follow jesus and i don't know what's going on i don't know i'm in this fucking town but here i am and i am not here for this i'm here for him and so like my whole countenance changed, my physical posture changed and like I, I just, it was like I was bulletproof. And I was like, yep, that's why I'm here. And I, I'm here to forgive you. And the rest of the conversation and our time together was nothing like nothing like those first few moments. All of the power dynamic shifted. And this person's pain, this person's um, basically years of suffering because of what they'd done, came to the surface. Though they wouldn't admit it, but that's all they were speaking wow. You know, and it was just so clear, like they were in hell almost, mm-hmm. just with this like cyclical thought process of what they'd done mm-hmm. over and over and over. And, and honestly, it didn't matter how many times I said, I forgive you, because mm-hmm. they were trapped. Mm-hmm. They were trapped. And uh, at some point, I was like, well, I better get going. And, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, No, please don't go. Like wow. so desperate for me to remain. And I was like, Okay, you wanna go for a walk? So I went for a walk and you know, we kinda walked through the old haunts of where we were when we were younger and and um and we talked and we talked about kind of the past and the good and the bad or whatever. But the whole time it was like the purpose of what it was, I was just like freedom. You know, like it was all just leaving me what had happened between us. And they just lost all power over me. And then I went and then I left.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that sounds supernatural. It was. And all it entailed was you being willing to say, I forgive you.
1: Yep. Yeah. But and not and to have the the correct perspective of
0: not I don't expecting even anything
1: from the person. Again, that that event was supernatural. Yeah, like Jesus stepped in, helped me refocus, and it was a totally different scenario suddenly that I was in, and I was operating in a realm and in a way this person couldn't comprehend, and I just left them behind. Yeah, because they couldn't come. Anyways, they could never. They couldn't come up to this level because that's just not where they were.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know. And uh I said goodbye.
0: It actually was a loving gesture on your part because you didn't need to do that for them.
1: No. Well, I did it for you did me. did it for
0: yourself. I did it for me. But yeah. they received something from that too.
1: Maybe, Maybe. they 100% did.
0: Possibly. Whether or not they can comprehend it, they got something. Yeah. They got a a witness to what it looks like to let go
1: or just a changed person. Yeah. A person who is not who they used to be. Uh, they they lost control of me. Yeah. You know, and whether that's good or bad for them, I don't know, but it it's true.
0: And you, that's, I think, a perspective that's really important in the forgiveness process is not, not putting a lot of thought and concern into how it's going to turn out yeah. because it's completely out of your control. Because that, I think, is what hinders a lot of us from being able to forgive. It's like, what if I go there and it turns into a fight? Or what if I go there and that person continues to hurt me or whatever, you know? And to say, I'm going to engage in this in this way, regardless of what, I don't know what the response is going to be. And I can't concern myself with it. Like, that's, that's outside of... My concern, but I would say, like listener discretion advised, like that's not always the best thing to do. Like somebody who's, uh, (laughs) somebody who's like very, very deeply abused you to like go confront them by yourself. (laughs) Like it made me scared. I already knew the story and I knew how it turned out, but I still felt scared. Like what's gonna happen? To say it because that's a danger that could be dangerous. You know, yeah. like there's there's people who have hurt me deeply that I am not going to be in their presence by myself.
1: Sure. <laughs> just saying as a <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think like I don't want my daughter to listen to this and say like, oh, this person who like physically attacked me. You know, I need to forgive them.
1: Well, I just want to say I had a dream, and I also was in intense work. To stare at my trauma. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just like fly by night, think I'll go confront this person. So I don't know. I don't know what the Lord would lead someone to do. And I tend to be a bit of a renegade.
0: Yeah. Understatement. <laughs> you are a, you sometimes you are single minded. A lot of time, actually. You're like, I want this, I'm getting it. It's Ariana Grande vibes, really. <laughs> You're like, my hair? I just bought it. I want it. I got it. (laughs) You are. That's what I love. I love that about you. Everybody loves that about you.
1: It's some real Mandy
0: vibes. Thanks. But you know what reminded me? I wanted to say what I was thinking when you were telling your story was, I said, I made the statement, I've been surrounded by a lot of assholes. Mm -hmm. But this is all secondary to the fact that I'm the real asshole. You're the number one. I'm the number one asshole. (laughs) I get the crown this, first. This is growth. This, it is growth. This is growth for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, as since I've gotten sober from February, I've had a lot of reflection on a lot of drinking asshole behavior, and there was a lot. <laughs> I mean, even just in our friendship, you've had to, like, caretake my ass. And I put you in positions, many positions, where friends shouldn't be, you know? But I've had to do a lot of self-reflection in my life in general. The drinking was just a byproduct of pain and unforgiveness and resentment that I was feeling because of my own issues. So when I say, like, I'm doing work because of all these assholes around me, that's true. But I'm included in that group. (laughs) I have had some real assholes around me, but I'm the first one.
1: Gotcha. Just needed to clarify that. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up. Well, you got some
0: notes there. Did did we hit all your notes? I just looked down. Like, did I talk about um what I wanted to say? I, you know, coming into this, I I went to my queen. My queen, the source of like true healthy living for me. Beyonce. Beyonce, yes, of course. Lemonade is like the bible. About the whole process of forgiveness. Okay. I mean, if anybody needs some Cliff Notes, just fucking listen to that record. You you get <laughs>
1: and pray about she it. She covers everything. Listen every, to Lemonade and pray about it. <laughs> she
0: covers everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she covers every base. Jesus approves of yes. the Lemonade for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But I also went to Brene Brown. Oh. Because she is the she is Dr. Brown knows what's up. True. About forgiveness. Yes. Because she stands, she, is, she has illuminated what vulnerability does for the human soul.
1: And shame, what it does to the human soul.
0: Right? Yeah. The flip side of unforgiveness, mm-hmm. the flip side of disassociation and repression. I mean, if you want to grow, you're going to have to learn how to be brave and face life.
1: Absolutely. 100%. She,
0: and what I wrote down, what I didn't write down was the quote. Damn
1: it. Okay. She found it.
0: So I was listening to uh, Brene Brown and she was talking about um, living bravely and that like living with courage and being brave is the ultimate tenet of being able to enjoy life and actually engage in life and have a worthy life. Hmm. And she said what changed her life was this quote by Theodore Roosevelt, which is, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful mm-hmm. because, you know, she's she totally stands for get in the motherfucking arena. Mm hmm. Because there is no life outside of it. And so you're going to fuck it up. But if you don't get in, you got nothing, you know. And so I just love that she's like, dare to be brave. Be vulnerable. Let yourself be in the arena where you can actually engage in life. Because I personally love somebody who is so marred by trauma that he is outside of the arena and can't be in life. And it's so sad. And there's so many people like that in the world. And it's kind of outside of their control in some ways. Because they don't have somebody loving them well to show them how to even see the arena is out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Life.
1: I mean, everybody's experienced trauma. Yeah. It's just who, A, is aware of it. Because that's, I mean, you go
0: through your whole life and not even know it. Yeah. B, who's willing to face it. And I really think it's the opportunities that Jesus puts in our life. And we can say yes, or we can say no, yeah. you know, we can let our trauma dictate how we behave for the positive or the negative, but it's, it's going to, it's going to dictate for us what happens regardless. It will. She said, she said also on this, I was listening to um her on Oprah, because Oprah is another one of my queens. And she said, you can choose to engage with vulnerability or vulnerability is going to choose to engage with you mm. it's up to you how you want to engage with it and vulnerability doing you isn't enjoyable she was like i don't recommend it <laughs> <laughs> and oprah was like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tweet that tweet that right now bernie it was really funny but but jesus That's where I feel like I see his truth and his presence in in like your story and like having a dream and feeling this impetus to like want some safety for yourself and for your kids. Want some like health and stability and having the knowledge to say like this this Trauma, this experience that I've had is affecting me, and it will affect everybody that I love. And so I have to be willing to be brave and engage in it.
1: Yeah, and I think then is when uh, Christian culture becomes very dangerous. Because um, I think once you express vulnerability, you don't know what the road's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so much of Christian culture is a
0: spelled out path. For you kind of like forgive and forget well, like have you really forgiven if you're not forgetting it might have you be really that or
1: if, if you know if it if your vulnerability is taking place in really difficult relationships or your marriage or whatever whatever the thing that God is asking you to be vulnerable about there's there's no prescribed path for anyone about what facing those things are is going to look like.
0: Oh, don't I know?
1: You know, yes, two months I down know. the road, two years down the road,
0: I'm and a I, divorcee. I know. How do you think <laughs> the church? What do you think the church thinks about that? It's not great, Shay. <laughs> no, I've been told actually I'm going to hell. Wow. I've been literally told there's, you know, there's a better way for you. And if you choose this, you're done. By People I really respect and love. It's incredibly hurtful.
1: That's what I'm saying. They don't fucking know. No.
0: They don't know what really loving this man looks like. They don't know this man.
1: Exactly. And they don't really know me. And they don't know what God is going to ask you to do. That's right. And none of us do until we're in it, until Mm -hmm. we're in the ring and it, and, and that's what I'm saying the culture becomes so dangerous because then you just feel like oh I'm leaving the culture far behind if I do this thing this maybe this isn't god because right. the the pressure that the culture equals god is mm-hmm. so great it's like no it it doesn't the culture is mm-hmm. bullshit the culture needs to be destroyed mm-hmm. and we need to let god be god and have the freedom to actually follow where he's leading which may look like nothing you've ever seen before which is exactly what god actually promises i'm doing a new thing do you oh not perceive my god. it it's right in front of you Come to this new thing, you know? That's God for every person, Amen. not this bullshit.
0: Amen, Zeno. That's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful truth. And it's really hard to be brave in it and and believe it.
1: I know, but I see you being brave, Shay. Thanks, Zeno. I see you being brave, so you're an inspiration to me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right well. <laughs> well, hey. Jesus likes girls.
0: He really does. <sighs>
1: Write us at jclikesgirls at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We have a Facebook group that is private, but you can join.
0: <laughs> I said it last week. And I'll say it again. I'm gonna work on that.
1: <laughs> we are we have business cards now that are just the coolest fucking business cards you've ever seen. They really are. And we're making t-shirts. So once those are available, we will let you know. Yay! All and right. Have fun at
0: your Christian music festival this weekend.
1: But it's not a Christian music <laughs> festival. All right, y'all. Till next time.